0: WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, wtkwhd 2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, sir Let's look at this thing from the uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't
1: go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day.
0: All across CNY, it's the 3-1-5 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far.
1: All right, here's what's happened so far. We talked about the Orange win against Georgetown on Saturday. Good win. Down by 11, won by 19. And did that basically over the last uh, 35 minutes of basketball. Dominated uh, the ball game on Saturday. Orange play tonight. Reminder, the tip time has been moved from 7 to 8 o'clock tonight for the Orange in Monmouth. So you can go to the Dome. Watch party. National title game, soccer. Cuse, Indiana at 6. Watch it on the big boards in the Dome. We'll tell you more about that game coming up at 3.30. We'll also hit a little bit on the transfer portal with football. One in and one out today. And uh, we gave away tickets to tonight's game in only two callers. It's a new record for the show. Only two. Going to have to beef up that trivia question next time. But now it is time to talk the New York football giants. Uh, Oh, boy was not, uh, not a good day for our Giants yesterday. They played the Eagles, who's the best team in the NFC, and uh, nothing, nothing went right. Uh, when the best play of the game is injuring the other team's punter, that means nothing went right. And with that, we bring on uh, Dan Duggan, the beat writer for the Giants uh, for the Athletic. Um, Dan, what, what, what do we make of yesterday? Should we forget about it and move on? How do we all handle this thing that we watched yesterday?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this is a, you know, burn the tape type game. I'm <laughs> sure they'll, they'll do a, a quick review, just uh, tie up a few maybe loose ends, but not a lot to be gleaned from that game because that was just, you know, pretty much uh, complete domination from start to finish. So, yeah, not, not a lot that they're probably going to want to relive from that one so they'll move move on and turn the page pretty quickly
1: yeah I mean not that you wish anyone to get hurt but I mean literally the best play of the game was the block punt the guy almost picked up a first <laughs> down anyway like that, that told you how wrong the game was going when a punter makes like a one arm scoop and almost gains a first down on you
0: yeah, especially compared to the Giants punter, who you know had the uh, the play I've never seen in my life before. So that, that kind of summed up uh, the day for the Giants, even though, even though the pumping mishaps went against the Giants.
1: Yeah, they, they, he dropped the ball. The Giants punter did. Uh, then kicked it, uh, the old drop kick, which is now illegal. Uh, so he got a ten yard penalty for illegal hunting of the ball, which was, uh, yeah, never seen it before. I don't think the refs had really seen it recently. They had a really long huddle before deciding what to what, what to do with that one. So, you know, that's what it is, Dan. You play the Eagles for the first time of the, of the year. They're clearly the best team in the conference at minimum, if not the best team in the league, and you get pounded. I mean, that's not necessarily a surprise. And it, I guess it rolls forward, right? This is now the biggest game of the rest of the season, this upcoming Sunday against Washington, where uh, the winner will still be on track for the playoffs, and it feels like the loser is going to be, in big trouble, and I guess it sets up right the, the same way for both teams this week.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's really as simple as that. It's funny that tie a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, a lot of times ties kind of gum up the, the mm-hmm. standings, but uh, it actually made things cleaner with because, you know, with no one winning that game, uh, obviously the winner of this next game, assuming there is a winner, uh, is going to have the head-to-head tiebreaker, so we don't have to get into division records and conference records, and all other stuff. So if the Giants and the Commanders end up with the same record, the winner of next week's game um, will obviously get the nod because they'll have had that head-to-head tiebreaker. So, um, it, like I said, makes it cleaner. Even like teams like Seattle and Detroit, who are kind of are lurking right behind the Giants, they have head-to-head tiebreakers. Those will come into play unless they tie, which again is you know pretty unlikely. So it's kind of like the Giants control their fate, and it's pretty simple. You know, beat Washington, and then probably win one more game. And that's probably enough. Uh, but like you said, on the flip side, if you lose that Washington game. You basically gotta have to run the table and then probably get some help. So uh, it's a pretty pretty clear picture. Win and uh, you're in really good shape.
1: Yeah, the final four games of the season are like this: at Washington, and that game has been flexed into the Sunday night spot on Sunday Night Football this week. Then you're at the Vikings, who have the second best record in the NFC, versus the Colts. If you're looking for your other game to win, uh, that would be the one that <laughs> pops out. Or you never know. You just got smushed by the Eagles, but you're playing the Eagles uh, on the road in Philly in the final game of the regular season, and Philly may have uh, literally nothing to play for. At that point, with a one seed, uh, likely clinched up by then. So uh, we shall see. Uh, but but here we are, Dan. I mean, it, it's only two weeks. It's going to be two weeks Sunday, removed from this other Washington game. Uh, how much has changed, I, I guess, from that game? You're looking at Saquon's banged up. Uh, Washington's had the bye week now. Uh, how many different things are you expecting going into this game, or, or should we just pick up where we left off at the end of overtime?
0: <laughs> yeah, just to play you know sixty more minutes and start from uh, from scratch. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a Scheduling quirk here. Where I know the NFL likes to sort of backload these division games, but to have them so tight together, where like as you just said, Washington went Giants by Giants again. So they don't even have their minds cluttered with another team uh-huh. uh, or any game plans in between. So that's a little funky. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there's enough time to really reinvent the wheel for the Giants. You know, maybe Washington, you know, has a little more time, obviously with the bye week, that maybe they come up with a few wrinkles. But I think really, uh, you kind of touched on it, it's really just the health is probably the biggest difference. Right. Uh, for the Giants, you would hope you can get a Dory Jackson back. Um, you know, Leonard Williams left that Washington game. You would hope maybe he can be back. I uh, don't think Xavier McKinney will be ready this week, but if you can get a Dory Jackson back and Leonard Williams, you know, fully healthy and playing a full game, uh, that'd be two major additions. Uh, they didn't really suffer any major losses. Just it sounds like Daniel is a little iffy with a rib injury and Richie James has a concussion. So uh, those guys are kind of up in the air, but otherwise, uh, the hope, I think, for the Giants is actually getting some guys back. I think that's probably the biggest difference from that matchup you know a week ago.
1: Yeah, and obviously having Leonard Williams, as your best defensive player in the middle, would change a lot on the D line. And then, uh, what's the reasonable chance here for Adoree? We're kind of entering that range of when he might be ready to go. And uh, without him, Terry McLaurin ran wild uh, on that field a couple weeks yeah. ago. So that that'll be huge. Uh, what, what are you hearing on uh, where Adoree's at right now?
0: Yeah, like you said, I think it was a four to six week timeline. So I think Sunday would be four weeks. So you hope he's a fast healer and is on the front end of that. Um, it's hard to tell this at this point because the first practice of the week will be on Wednesday. So then we'll have a much firmer grasp. But uh, the slightly encouraging sign was that he was at least really out on the practice field last week. Didn't do very much of anything, but Giants kind of have a sort of unofficial progression injured players go through where first they're kind of rehabbing inside the building and then they progress to doing stuff on the side with trainers. And then obviously you return to practice and you're good to go. So it's a tight timeline. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that he'll be ready, but uh, with the stakes for this game, you think if a guy's close they're, they're going to, you know, kind of strap it on and, and get in there because they really need him and they really do this game. So, um, you'd like to think he'll be back, but obviously it depends so much on what the medical team says.
1: Yeah, obviously hey, if the medical team doesn't uh, say go, uh, it's not going to be matter what he thinks about it uh, coming <laughs> up this weekend. Uh, the other major injury to keep an eye on uh, obviously is whatever's going on with Saquon. He, he said after the game he, he picked up a stinger <laughs> midweek last week in, in practice and you could see you know, the heavy wrap and, and stuff he had going around uh, during the game. Do you think it was an injury thing this week? I mean, you know, defenses are so loading up on him now. He's about three and a half yards per carry over the last month and a half. Uh, Is is it injury or is it just uh, clearly that's what needs to be stopped right now on the Giants offense?
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of factors. Like you said, it's not as if yesterday was the first time he's gotten shut down. It's really been kind of a prolonged slump for him for the run game as a whole. Um, so I think the injury, the shoulder injury he suffered in the London game way back when, I think that had an impact that kind of slowed him down. Really, his numbers really kind of dropped off from that first five or six games but he really came out hot. Uh, so I think that's quite a factor. I don't think, obviously, the neck helped, and you know they limited him where Gary Brightwell got a series, and Matt Burrito was the, the passing down back, and then obviously once the game got out of hand, they just shut Saquon down. Uh, but I think that there's bigger problems too. It's uh, the the run blocking. The offensive line has not been very effective lately. I think, as you mentioned, defenses are, are really loading up to stop him, and, and with good reason because the Giants, you know, have proven they can uh, really threaten you with the pass game. So uh, that the problem is, it's not just one thing. Oh, if they just if he just gets healthier, if this just you know, there's a lot of factors here at play, and um, it's been a prolonged slump that they've been in. So I don't I don't see how they just magically uh, get this turned around. But they need it because when they were winning games, it was pretty much. Uh, you know, on the back of Saquon, and especially breaking those long runs that he was earlier in the year, we just haven't seen that lately.
1: Yeah, and uh, Dan Duggan, the Giants beat writer for the Athletic, is our guest right now. And you know, Dan, it was you know, it was a magical ride there to start the season. They were winning every game. It felt like somehow by a point or, or two points for a month, two months straight. Uh, I think we all know that is not sustainable long term in the NFL. But you know, what's the vibe of the locker room now? Like everything was so excited at that point. Uh, Brian Dable's press conferences are—I don't know if "more morose" is the right word now, but I mean, who, who's going to be happy after yesterday's game? Uh, wh- what is the vibe now, maybe compared to you know a month or two ago?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, post-game, it's it's definitely a lot more morose. to so you're aware, I mean, they were uh, you know pretty giddy early in the year because it was just like that every game was coming out of the wire, and they were having these dramatic wins. That's obviously an exciting, exhilarating way to win games. Um, and then after, you know, after yesterday's game, it was like multiple guys you know, basically just said, I'll paraphrase that they got their butt whooped, and uh, there's no other way to look at that game, but in some ways, I think it might be easier to just put that one behind you and just mm-hmm. really focus ahead, because this is such a big game. This is the biggest game a lot of these guys who have been giants for a couple of years have played in their careers, whether it's Daniel Jones, Daquan Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, Julian Love, on and on. I mean, these guys have not been in games where the stakes have been this high. So you would think that'll get the, the juices flowing. I think they'll be ready. I mean, I'm sure there's a little doubt creeping in, obviously. it's you know, It's been six games now that they've won one at the one tie, and then lost the four others. So uh, I think they know that uh, things are heading in the wrong direction, but the beauty is they have a chance to totally turn it around if they can just go and beat a Washington team, which – Obviously, they're pretty evenly matched with, because the last time they squared off, it took 70 minutes, and they still couldn't determine a winner.
1: Uh, yeah, and we, we go back to that game, and the end of overtime was kind of weird. Uh, the whole game was kind of weird. <laughs> ended up uh, yeah. in a tie, and here we are again down uh, down in D.C. You know, Dana. everyone we've talked to about the Giants this season, it has to come back to, to the, que- the question of the future of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. at some point, which obviously will not be handled to the end of the season do you think the next month plays into it? Like, okay, if whether the Giants make the playoffs or not, depending how it ends, or do you think we've, you know, got a sense of what these two guys are this year? And it, kind of regardless of uh, where things go the next four weeks, it, it'll be handled the same way in the
0: off-season. No, I mean, I think particularly Daniel Jones is very much still up in the air because you think back to what Joe Shane said at the, the midway point during the bye, where he was asked a lot about Daniel Jones' future, and he said, "Well, we got nine games left, so." Uh, it's going to be a full 17-game evaluation, so still four games to go, four very big games to go. Uh, so obviously if he gets you in the playoffs, and you know, you know, who knows what happens to you get in the playoffs, or if they completely collapse here, you know, may- that might uh, make the decision easier one way or the other. Um, with Saquon Barkley, it sounded at the bye week like Joe Shane was much more interested in keeping him long-term. The head talks about an extension obviously he didn't get anything done. I think at the, I thought at the time that they probably should have the same 17 game uh, approach to Saquon though because you were kind of buying high if you gave him an extension at the midpoint of the season. I don't know what they offered him, but just in the sense that he was playing out of his mind, he was you know borderline MVP candidate, and now we've seen this this stretch here where he hasn't been productive, he hasn't been healthy, um, which has been a big part of the equation with him throughout this first four seasons. So it still feels like that the motivation from Shane and certainly you know within the organization they view Saquon as a face of the franchise type guy. They're going to want to retain him, but I would think that this second half of the season would at least allow some doubt to creep in there because again, it's not all his fault, obviously, but at the end of the day, if you got to commit a big contract to a running back, you still have to look at like, well, the running game is really falling off a cliff here. Is that the best investment? So uh, I think both of those are up in the air, probably more so Jones than Saquon. I mean, we're 14 weeks in and I still have no idea what they're going to do with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Saquon, I lean towards them bringing him back, but I don't know that that should be a slam dunk decision uh, based on how these last you know six or so weeks have gone,
1: and you look at where uh, Saquon's numbers have started to nosedive, and this is not coincidental. I don't, I don't think in the NFL it was after he had that 35 carry game against Houston. Uh, the next four weeks yep. have you know not not been up to what he did at the beginning of the season. Uh, Dan, I want to hit on one defensive player. I don't know if it's really showing up statistically yet, but but I know this. I watch the games and I'm noticing him more as the season goes along. And you'd hope that for the fifth overall pick in the draft. Uh, what are you making here recently of what Kayvon Thibodeau is putting out there?
0: Yeah, no, I think he's definitely started to turn the corner a little bit. And it's sort of that thing where coaches are always talking about pressures and impacting the quarterback, whereas, you know, all of us on the outside want sacks and he has not delivered sacks. But I do think if you watch, you know, the film or you watch kind of play in, play out, he is making more of an impact. Like even, you know, take yesterday, for example, sort of one of the few highlights the Giants had was the sack of these Ojalari had to back them up and it actually led to the block punt. Uh, Thibodeau was right there. He actually got held on the play. So, I mean, he has made some plays like that. The Dallas game on Thanksgiving, particularly, that was probably his most impactful game. So I think there's some encouraging signs that um, he is, you know, just being more of a factor. And, and, and you know, the next step, obviously, is, is getting those sacks. I mean, you don't use a guy, uh, you don't know, use the fifth pick on a guy to just pressure the quarterback. You want to see some sacks, but he's a rookie. And you hope, you know, maybe those kind of bunches because just, you get around the quarterback as much as he has been lately. Sooner or later, you're going to, you know, land on a few sacks.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been buzzing around, man. He's been buzzing around, obviously, at that uh, big play against uh, Washington in overtime <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Almost said right. uh, what ended up being a game-winning safety when he, when he got Heineke down at just outside the end zone a couple weeks ago. So we'll see if we can uh, get to Heineke again this week. All right, last thing for you, end, and this really has nothing to do with the current state of the team or anything, <laughs> but I, I feel this has been formulating in my mind now for the last few years and stands even more so after watching it the last few weeks. Uh, the the Giants retro jerseys with the block Giants helmet this year look even better to me than I, I've thought in years. Uh, is it time? Do the, the Giants need to go back to those as their original their, as their main jerseys? Because I, I I've come around to I, I think those need to be the big ones again.
0: <laughs> I know where you're going with that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think the players like them. Obviously, um, the franchise has made kind of a push. I think they wore them twice this year. Yeah. Uh, listen, they're, they're kind of always going to harken back to those glory days, especially in recent years where there hasn't been a lot to celebrate. So that makes sense. Tie that in. Uh, I don't know that there, there's any talk about actually going back to them full time, but uh, I do think you see more kind of alternate jerseys around the league. So I would not be surprised if at least you know mixing them in once or twice becomes part of the regular rotation. But Uh, I haven't heard anything beyond that that they're actually going to
1: go back to those full-time. All right, I'd say those have been looking at, for whatever reason, sweeter than they have in uh, recent years uh, this year. My opinion, but uh, we'll see what the Giants do with it. All right, Dan, uh, good to chat today, and we'll we'll have to do it again before too long when we see what uh, happens closer to playoff time. Thanks for hopping on.
0: All right, sounds good. Thanks a lot.
1: That's Dan Duggan, Giants beat writer for The Athletic. Good to hear from uh, Dan and what's going on with the team and uh, coming up to what is, uh, basically without question, Uh, the biggest game of the season against Washington this Sunday. The winner is not in the playoffs, but darn close, and the loser is uh, in big trouble and in a quagmire below uh, whoever wins the game and then just mixed up with Seattle and uh, mixed up with a surging Lions team who's not out of it uh, yet. They had a huge win uh, yesterday against the Vikings. Okay, here's what we're going to do now. Right now, if you are caller number three, you are going to get to shoot a three-point shot, and you will get tickets to go with it to get into the game. You will get to shoot a three-point shot on Saturday. Well, no, pardon me. You're going to get registered. Don't, don't stop me. I'm not giving away tickets. I'm not giving away tickets. You're going to register to give away tickets. I misspoke. Keep the lawyers away. That was a misspeak. I don't have more tickets to give away. You are going to register to get this opportunity. Oh, boy. We can't say that wrong. I got people's hopes up. Caller three, you are going to be registered to get tickets to the Cornell game and go on the court at some point and shoot a three-pointer. Not during the game, during one of the timeouts. If you make that, you'll get tickets to the Duke game. How about that? Caller three, registered. We will draw the winner, I believe on Wednesday, later this week. We're going to do it sometime this week. And if I say it wrong, you know, legal is going to get mad. We don't have all those tickets. It's a thing. Caller three, you're registered to shoot a three versus Cornell to win tickets to Duke. We'll take a break. Be caller three. When we come back, we'll tell you what else is going on. Around the world of sports, some sad news to report uh, from kind of all ports of call. We'll hit that when we come back and get into the soccer game tonight for the national championship later in the show. Take a break. More to come after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.